and gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of 21, welcome to episode four of the Hop Nation USA podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Sam, and with me today is Steve and Adam. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, buddy. Here for episode four. I'm ready for more. Are you guys excited for today's episode? Dude, I'm hyped. I'm hyped as well. And and before we start, I just want to say a very happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone listening out there. We have a very special Irish-themed episode for you today, so we have some very exciting beers to drink, and our theme for the day is going to be beer to drink on St. Patty's Day that isn't named Guinness. Now, before we get started here, I just want to call out one thing. Steve, Adam, and myself certainly love a good pint of Guinness. So the point of this episode is not to discourage anybody from drinking Guinness, but just to explore some of the other options that might be out there in the American craft beer field that aren't Guinness. Now, we'll put one caveat on that. Caveat on that. It has to be a properly poured Guinness. You can't just slap it into the glass and throw it across the bar. It has to, it has to go through the process. So what's the process, Adam? Oh, how, how do you like your Guinness board? <laughs> well, as I understand it, the proper process is you fill it up about three quarters of the way and you let it sit. Let it permeate for about a minute or two and then you fill it up the rest of the way. That way you can get a nice cascade down in through the beer and then it gets served. That's actually pretty true. That's the way it gets served at, at Pat's Pub. Okay. Rain. Yeah. So we will not be pouring any Guinness like that today, but that's very good to know. Uh, as we are going to be drinking and exploring some American craft beers uh, that are also have an Irish theme to it. So before we start introducing the beers today, we do have to give some recognition to a few yes, folks out there. Yes, we do. And these are folks that have helped us promote our podcast, and we just want to give some quick shout-outs to them and thank them very much for helping us out. First off, we have Adam Diachilli. Followed, we have Michael Sauer, Mark Phillips, Tucker Gregg, Janie Tallarico, John Newell, Lauren Trudeau, Chrissy Egan, and Tim Frisch. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate your support and spreading the word of Hop Nation USA. So cheers to you. Have a cold one on us and buy it yourself because we're just talking on this podcast and not actually there to buy you a beer. But maybe next time we see you, we'll buy you a beer to thank you. And on top of that, I'd also I'd like to call out Chrissy Eakin specifically, simply because she also reviewed us on iTunes, gave us a spectacular review on iTunes. So thank you, Chrissy. I appreciate it. And next time I see you, I will buy you a beer that you will like. I guarantee it. Yeah, that's very important for us. And everybody's help so far has been really great for making our launch a success. Thanks to everybody listening. And it was a success. I, I think so. I, I am very happy with what, what has transpired thus far. And we got higher mountains to climb. So let's get to it. Yeah, so keep listening, keep spreading the word, and we're here every week to bring you new and exciting episodes, and most importantly, here to drink some beer and, and let you know what uh, what good stuff is out there. So let's get into our theme of beer to drink on St. Patty's Day that isn't named Guinness, and this is just so appropriate that today is St. Patty's Day, and we're going to be drinking some Irish-themed beer. Without further ado, let's get into our first beer, and Steve, why don't you introduce this one for us? All right, so what I've brought for us to begin with, is the Craig by Harpoon, and it's an Irish red IPA. Ugh. Now, this is something I haven't had before, so I can't really speak to what it tastes like or any of that. But from, Have you had this yet, Sam? I have not. This is going to be a first for me. I mean, I've had a lot of stuff from Harpoon, and I generally like the stuff that they're brewing up there in the Northeast out of uh, Boston, I believe Harpoon is from, but I've not had the Craig, so very excited to try this one. And it's an IPA, and being the IPA guy of the bunch, I think I'm really going to like this one. So I must 
I must correct you. I believe they're actually out of Vermont rather than Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, so they're, they, you are corrected that they're a New England beer, but I believe they're actually out of Vermont. All right. Actually, you're both correct. Is it? Is it New Hampshire? Well, no, you're both correct. Oh, oh. How, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. All right. We're it, both winners. Cheers to that. <laughs> it says Boston, Massachusetts, and Windsor, Vermont. Oh, there you go. So you're both correct. But from what I'm getting on the label here, uh, we're looking at a 6.9% IPA uh, with 55 IBUs. So it's not necessarily going to be the most bitter, well, I most hoppy. I will go in with an open mind. But for an Irish beer, I will say that that's probably going to be hoppier than most because oh, gen- yeah, generally um, Irish beers tend to be more of the stout type. Correct. And those IBUs generally range only about 25 to 30. I think a Guinness in particular is 30. So yeah. this is actually going to be something that's probably a little bit hoppier than you might normally find for an Irish beer. So taking a look at it, this is a good looking beer. It has a nice amber color to it. I'm um, certainly uh, seeing that uh, and some nice head retention on it. I'm getting mm-hmm. getting some good head, some not nice a, bubbles in there. Not a big head on it, just a nice thin layer, but it's it's maintaining. Yeah, I'm getting uh, all the same things too. Uh, there's a good bit of carbonation coming up from the bottom. Yeah. And very clear beer, not hazy at all. For as, for as red as, as it is, I agree. Yeah, can absolutely see to the other side. Fantastic. Now, Irish beers, they generally are high in a malt flavor. So generally Irish beers I think are made with a darker malt, but this one looks like it's more of like an amber type malt of sorts because it has a nice color to it. Well, according to this, the the label is what I'm reading now. It is supposed to be hoppy, malty, and vibrant. Okay. On the color side, I will definitely give them vibrant. That is a good looking beer. Definitely. Especially if you put it up against the green label, it, that, is, that is very picturesque. Now when I take my first sniff of this beer, when I Stick my schnoz down into this taster glass here. I'm not I'm not getting an overpowering smell by any means. I can smell a little bit of the hops. I can smell a li- little bit of kind of the, the sharp amber malt that's being used, but I, I don't get anything that's too overpowering. It's, it's not no, overpowering, but you can tell that it is a little hoppier than what you would expect with a normal yeah. red. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah, I'm definitely getting more hop notes than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that you know, that's what's telling me that it's an IPA, but it also has kind of that malt smell to it well why don't we give it a shot guys and see what uh see what this thing tastes like sure hmm that's that's pretty smooth i'm, I'm getting a smooth flavor as well a little bit of bitterness bitterness on the back end yeah but overall a, a smooth beer uh, i am getting some of the hops i'm even getting a little of a citrus flavor i don't know if you're tasting that at all but that's no, I'm, not getting, no, no? I'm sorry, I'm not getting much citrus flavor, but uh, yeah, I'm getting a very smooth malt there and uh, just a little bit of bitterness. To me, it, it definitely smooths out on the back end. Mm. I, I'm not sure where you guys are finding the hoppiness on the back end. To me, it's, it's coming the exact opposite way. It starts out hoppy and then kind of smooths out. So you're not generally an IPA guy, Adam. What, what do that you think? Correct. Do you, your first impression of this beer, do you like it? Do you not like it or are you just unsure? Well... If, if I'm in the mood for a red, I'm not going to grab this. But, of course, as you said, you have to put that qualifier on there since it is a hoppy beer that kind of changes the game a little bit. If I'm looking at it purely as a hoppy beer, not bad. Not bad at all. It's not too, too bitter. And I don't know. I just find it I find it a lot smoother. I even find it going back to, you know, episode three when we were drinking the ESB. I find this a lot smoother than that. 
I think I'll I think, buy that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think the, that. I think the ESB was a little more upfront with its hoppiness, mm-hmm. a little bit more punch in the mouth, and you're not, I'm not getting this at all. Yeah, and, and I think the ESB was a, was a lot more bitter too. And like we mm-hmm. said in episode three, that kind of hits you on the front end right. and the back end at the same right. time. This is just this kind of one, a slow creep. Yeah. So let's keep drinking this beer, and we'll uh, we'll give our final reviews here at the end of the segment. But let's circle back to St. Patty's Day, a day of fun. Irish drinking, and as Pittsburgh likes to call it, we are the sixth most celebrated St. Patrick's Day in the city. So this past weekend, Pittsburgh really celebrated their St. Patrick's Day, and that was the big drunk fest everybody's known to, <laughs> known to love in the city. And um, now that that's out of the way, we can really start to focus on what's important, and that's all of the good beers that you can really get you on St. Patrick's Day. You can enjoy instead of just dealing with green Miller Lite. Exactly. When you get down to Pittsburgh on St. Patty's Day when the city celebrates. You get the Green Miller Light. In Pittsburgh, you get the Green Icy Light. Uh, You'll find the Guinness down there, and you'll find a lot of pizza and a lot of junk food, and just, it's a day of debauchery where people are pissing all over the streets and getting arrested (laughs) and not being able to find a ride home. So so that is over with, and we're not really going to be talking about no, that we are today. Not. We're let's, not interested in that. Yeah, let's, let's keep this classy today. We're going to focus on some of the good food and the good beer that you can find on St. Patrick's Day. So when you guys generally go out on St. Patrick's Day, and normally it falls during the week and we might have to get up for work the next day, what do you guys go out and what do you like to drink on St. Patrick's Day? Well, for me, it's What's not necessarily staple? what I like to drink, but where I like to drink. And Steve actually mentioned it on uh, previously, mm-hmm. but uh, Patrick's Pub in Moon Township. Okay, I've it's, been there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a fantastic uh, Irish bar. Well, Irish pub, really. Yeah. All year through, going there on St. Patrick's Day is great. Why wouldn't you go there? So on St. Patrick's Day, do they have any special types of features in the food or the beer department that you might recommend, or is there something that they do special for the day? I can't say what they're doing this year because I'm not quite sure, but usually when I go there, you can get there pretty early. They're they're usually open up for breakfast, and you can get a Guinness for breakfast if you really want, uh, and their food is all Irish fare, so you can get a classic Irish breakfast of like bangers and mash and ham. Oh, and, very nice. Yeah. Wash it down with a Guinness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd also like to call out Riley's Poor House. That's in the South Hills area, and they do the exact same thing. They're an old school, traditional Irish pub that uh, different generations of the family have owned it over the years, and it's really remained true to their roots. They serve traditional Irish fare, you know, corned beef, good Reubens, uh, fish Ooh. and chips. I like me a good Reuben. And a plethora of Irish beers on tap and in the bottle. So a very nice selection. Great place, especially on St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people go down and they have a really big outdoor patio. So it's a nice, nice place to listen to some live Irish music and just drink a couple beers with your buddies. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I don't know how busy Pat's gets. Hey, they're, you know, a little secluded. But generally, they're pretty just kind of a nice drinking place to hang out at. And they don't get rowdy in there. No, no, no. It's never rowdy in there. So. No, and that's and that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's fun, but it's not rowdy. Yeah. Now, me and a couple buddies, we went down to Riley's last year on St. Patrick's Day. It fell on a Thursday. And holy cow, we couldn't even get in the door. Like, they were at capacity. And we were going down at 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> and we couldn't even get in. In the, in the restaurant or onto the patio. So we just said, you know, we're going to move on, and we actually checked out a different place. But if you can get there early enough, pull up a seat at the bar and just plan on being there for the rest of the night because it's going to be a, a good time. Cool, cool. Sounds good. 
Now, one other thing I want to talk about, uh, about St. Patty's Day. I think I need to debunk a myth. And you guys might have heard of this myth, and I want to do it right here on this podcast. Lay it on us. Now, I want to see what you guys know about this. I'm sure at some point you've heard somebody say this to you. And circling back to the beer Guinness, which is arguably the most popular beer to have on St. Patrick's Day, Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of shy away from having multiple Guinnesses. They say it's a very filling beer. It's something that... You know, it's going to get you drunker than a Miller Lite, things like that. And it's it's kind of almost discouraged that people have too, too many of those. It seems like people start maybe with a Guinness or two and then move on to something else. Now, do you guys think there's any validity in that? Or is Guinness something that you can normally drink for a longer period of time? Well, knowing that I know exactly what Guinness, well, not exactly, but I do have a good idea of what Guinness's ABV is. So, no, I know there's no validity to that. <laughs> and not only that, but in actuality, if, if you're somebody who is kind of watching your weight, if you're watching your caloric intake, Guinness is actually a very good beer to drink for that. Yeah, it's like 64 calories it's, a beer. Well, I think it's, or, it's a little higher than that. It's around maybe 100. Okay. 100, give or take. But still, for a beer, that's really good. Yeah, considering a lot are around the 200s. Yeah. So, if, if you're in the 100-calorie range, you're looking at a... A Miller Lite, a Yangling Lite, and a Guinness. I know which one I'm grabbing. Yeah, you guys are you guys are exactly right. And that's something that I always try to explain to people is that when you drink a Guinness, a Guinness is actually the healthiest regular beer that you can drink. And it's actually around about 125 calories in go. a 12-ounce pour. And the ABV of a Guinness is 4.2. You can drink those yeah. all day. Absolutely. And you know what else is a 4.2? Miller Lite. Yeah. <laughs> it is. So the ABV is the same. From a calorie uh, perspective, a Miller Lite in about a 12 ounce is about 100 calories. But, you know, a Guinness is a very dark beer. And I think because a lot of people drink it on nitro, it gives that creamier taste to it. And yeah, people absolutely. almost get the impression that they're getting a little more full. It's a little more filling. But in actuality, it's actually a light drinker. Right. Um, yeah. And it's something that's not going to put on the calories. It's, you know, like we said, the healthiest regular beer that you can drink and something that you can enjoy all day without getting too drunk too fast. And it's damn tasty, too. Yeah, compared to a Miller Lite, right. <laughs> there's no question. We're nope. taking Guinness all day, every day. So if you hear somebody saying, oh, yeah, I don't want that second Guinness because I'm trying to watch my weight or I don't want to get too drunk. I don't want to get too drunk. Tell them you listen to the Hot Nation USA podcast and they debunk that myth for you. So we're natural mythbusters myth here <laughs> on this show. <laughs> we already have the Adam. Isn't that one of the guys on there? Jamie, yeah. Jamie and Adam. So there you go. Right. Now you just have a Sam and a Steve, too. So. Moving on from St. Patrick's Day, we want to we want to talk about something else here too, and, and this is something that we want to celebrate here on the Hop Nation. This USA is a celebration podcast. episode, isn't it? it? It really is. And one of our esteemed co-hosts here has actually achieved uh, one of the feats that many of you, as well as Adam and myself, have been striving for for a little bit of time now. And I'm going to let Steve tell you exactly what that is, because this is quite an accomplishment, and he should be recognized for it. News, news, I've got news. I checked in my 1,000th unique beer on Untapped. That is awesome. Woo! That is awesome. I know. That's huge. So how did you do it? Drank a lot of beer. I drank a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear about that, I'm sure people are listening right now and saying, oh, well, I have 1,000. I have 1,200, da-da-da. 
I've only had the app for three years, so I definitely have drank more than a thousand. Yes. <laughs> because if I remember correctly, you and I started on the same day. Yeah, we started on the exact same day while we were at the bottle shop that is in uh, Carnegie. Yes. So, yes. And for whatever reason, we just decided, well, let's play on this app today. <laughs> so we did. Yeah. And I am at a, a poultry, I believe it is 636. Ooh. So I, I am struggling. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm currently at 377. Aww. So I'm I'm really pulling up the rear here. But to my credit, I just started in November. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really moving really? along at a rapid pace here, so I should have about a thousand within a year. They're gonna pass me in a week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not to take away from Steve's accomplishment. I mean, that that is pretty cool. A thousand unique beers. Yeah, I mean, and just the fact that I've gone through so many different styles and found. A lot of those beers in places just in this western Pennsylvania area. The fact that you can find a thousand different beers in this area over the course of three years is pretty amazing. And there's more coming. Yeah. Yeah. That really says something about the craft beer boom here right. in Pittsburgh. I, I mean, I will say I probably have about mm, 20 to 30 from when I took a cross-country drive. So that's coming from a whole bunch of different states. And just other vacations we've taken, like down to New Orleans for Sam's bachelor party and stuff. So, I mean, not everything's in the Western PA no, but area. but the vast majority. But the vast coming, majority of yeah, it is, coming is absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what was your 1,000th beer? We went down to 99 Bottles, yes. uh, me and Adam, to celebrate the launch of our podcast. And the successful launch the of our podcast. successful launch. And I walked in having 997 beers checked in. And I went in with the mindset... Of I'm going to get to a thousand tonight, and that's going to add to our celebration. So, how do you even go about determining what your thousandth beer is going to be? Because that's a big deal. You want to make sure it's a good one. You don't want just want to have a, a Miller 64 <laughs> or something like that and say, "Yeah, I got to a thousand, but this is probably the worst way to do it." Well, exactly. So, it's got to meet a couple criteria. Obviously, it's got to be something I haven't had before. Right. Obviously. I mean, there's a number of beers that I would have liked to have as my thousandth. Just, but I already know that they're good beers, so right. I couldn't do that again. So I had to pick three strangers <laughs> from a bar. <laughs> three wise men, as some like to say. Or three strangers that you pick up in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, decide, and decide which one of them could get the bedpost notch, <laughs> as you would say, of being number 1,000. Tell us what you picked up. Well, the three beers I picked up from... Uh, 99 bottles were I started with the Saranac S'more Porter. I followed up with the Lucille, the Walking Dead beer put out by Terrapin. And what type of beer is that? Okay, so that is an Imperial Double Stout. It's made of uh, black molasses. Three types of wood. Yeah, Asian ash, maple, and oak. The the three beers that you uh, would make a baseball bat out of. Three woods. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, because Lucille's based off the baseball bat Negan carries in The Walking Dead. There you go. So they put in the three baseball bat woods into this beer to age it. And holy hell, this beer comes out with a lot of good flavor. It does. I yeah. saw that you checked that in, and being a big Walking Dead fan, I'm very excited to try that beer. That must be something that's relatively new, because I've never seen that anywhere. Yeah, uh, well, I believe Terrapin has two Walking Dead beers out. That's one of them. The other one comes in a can, and it's like a, a blood red orange or whatever. 
I think, is that one called The Walking Dead? Yeah, it might be. I believe it I, is, I, yes. I, I kind of just perused over it. I happened to see it at a bottle shop, but I didn't really pick it up or anything. I had no idea that that had anything to do with the show, because I've seen that beer before. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, def- it's definitely tied to the show, because this one is absolutely tied to the show. Being, yeah. It's called, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, fantastic stout that's just full of smoky flavor and full of, like, wood. And I, and I had a glass of that as well. And I must say... The more you drank it, the better it got. It just kept getting better and better and better. Yeah, it just kind of layers your mouth with more flavor as you go. It's a winner. But that was only $9.99. Number 1,000 was the Sunday Morning Stout by the Weyerbacher Company. What type of beer is that? Uh, Now, this was an Imperial Double Stout. I think I'm noticing the theme. (laughs) That I want a lot of dark beer. heavyweight guy. Yeah, and that's also part of it is it was a 12.7%, and holy hell, is it amazing. (laughs) So I've actually had that beer before. I found it at the Corner Pub on Bower Hill Road, and I I know what you're talking about, and I believe it is also a a barrel-aged beer. Yes, it is, yeah. So a lot lot of good flavor, and Weyerbacher, they they put out so many imperial types of beers. They put out so many heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, yes, congratulations. Congratulations. Big ups to you. Thanks to 99 Bottles for having the proper selection. (laughs) Glad (laughs) you were able to do it there. I mean, that's a great little bottle shop. Yeah, it is. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we went went for a little dinner and celebration for the launch, and you wind up having another celebration. That's awesome. I've been to 99 Bottles a few times, and it's down in Carnegie, and it's actually been there for about a year or so now, I believe. Ooh, a lot longer than I that. Longer than that. Yeah, I want to say five years? around five years now. Yeah. Okay, maybe at the five-year mark, but a great little bottle shop. It's actually an old pizza hut that it used yeah. to be. And <laughs> you just look at the windows. <laughs> yeah, and you can go in there and get a, just a great selection of beers on draft and the cooler and just really have and their a food nice is afternoon. fantastic, too. Food is fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely. really like there. that place. Just to rhombus back real quick, I glossed over it, but um, that Saranac S'mores Porter, mm-hmm. that's also really good. Really? Like it's, a, it's a very good dessert beer that perfectly captures kind of the marshmallow graham and chocolate flavors. You would check find that one out. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So definitely, I went three good beers that night. So if you're listening right now and you're liking what you hear about some of the beers we've been drinking, especially with Steve and his thousand beers, but if you want to, you know, be friends with myself and Adam as we approach our thousand someday, uh, you certainly can. So, you know, if you want to check us out on Untapped, we'd uh, love to be your friend. I know for mine, you can find me at uh, beers underscore out underscore four underscore Harambe. Beers out for Harambe. You can find me on Untapped, and I'd love to be your friend and see what you're drinking, and you can see what I'm drinking. Well, you can definitely tell when you signed up. That's a that's a hell of a timestamp with that username. <laughs> that, that's what actually encouraged me to, to sign up. I saw that Harambe died, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to join Untapped. That's the first thing that went through my mind, so sure enough, I did. That's the memorial towards him, to give him beers in his beers, name. So you're drinking in his memory. Yes. Yeah. One of these days, I will get to that thousandth beer, and I'm going to dedicate it to Harambe. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. You can find me. I am uh, AMR260. Very simple name. Uh, but come find me. Friend me. We'll have some beers together. You can follow my progress as I march towards 2,500, which is the next badge. <laughs> <laughs> a hell of a jump. Yeah. yeah. You got some work ahead. Yeah, you yeah I, yes, I do. So uh, here's the question. Are you going to get to 2,500 before I get to 1,000? No, no way. No, because it took. Let's you see. only have a couple hundred to go. Yeah, you, you got fifteen hundred more. You got four hundred to go. I got fifteen hundred. You gotta believe in yourself. I did a thousand in three <laughs> years. I gotta. <laughs> you just gotta believe in yourself. You can do it. 
Uh, but anyway, you can find me at Hop the Jewels. All one word. Damn it, that's a good name. Right? That is a good name. RTJ. Damn it, that's a good name. So reach out to <laughs> us if you want to be friends, you want to dr- virtually drink with us, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun. So let's get back to this beer here, the Harpoon Crick. And let's get our final thoughts. We've had some time now to continue to drink this beer and enjoy it. And Adam, what do you think? You're the, the lone wolf here that really doesn't like the IPAs. The lone wolf, the solitary eagle. So we're going to go to you first and see what you think of this beer. What are your final thoughts? It's not bad. It's not bad. I wouldn't I I wouldn't pick it up myself, but it kind of goes against my my tastes. But as a a hoppy beer, it is not bad. I I just wouldn't rate it very high simply because it is a hoppy beer and that's just not my style compared to like other Irish reds. If I'm putting this up against other Irish Irish reds, uh I would I would not pick this one. Okay. Yeah. And that's and, and it's not because of anything else beyond the fact that they tried to make Make it hoppy. And I don't believe hoppiness is in accordance to this style. That's fair. So let's say you're at a bar tonight mm-hmm. and you walk up and the bar has three selections. Okay. You have the Craic. Yeah. You have a Guinness. Yeah. And you have a Green Miller Light. What are you drinking? <laughs> I got to go with the Guinness. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. That was easy. Yeah. I could play right. that game all night. <laughs> all right. Hey, we. <laughs> We're reviewing beers that are Guinness, and I wanted to see how this stacked up to That's really, really the king of the Irish beers. That is beers. true. That is true. That is that is the uh, the Cadillac, the gold standard. Yeah, I mean, so let's see how it stacks we're, up. We're, we're going with the theme of beers that drink other than Guinness, but you're still picking Guinness on I'm, this one. Right so. now, Guinness is still the king. Fair enough. Fair All enough. Right. What do you think, Steve? You know what? If I'm at a bar and this is on tap, I'm probably going to have a couple of these. These are really good. I, I find it really smooth, and even though it does go against the style of the red, maybe, I find it be a little bit more flavorful just because it does have the hops in it. Hmm. So I'd probably have a couple and then go back to Guinness, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can only drink so many beers on St. Patrick's Day, so why not spread the love around? Right. You don't want to just stick to the Craig when you can have the Craig and a Guinness. Yeah, remember, this one is almost 7%, so not looking at being able to have that many of them. Make sure you've got the good people of Uber on tap. Yeah. Yep. But I would I would agree with, with you guys, kind of both you guys. I would probably have one at a bar. I don't think I would have multiple. I think it's a nice, smooth beer. It's leaving a strange aftertaste in my mouth, which I'm not a huge fan of. Whereas mm-hmm. a Guinness, Guinness leaves a kind of like being a dry Irish stout. Yeah. It leaves a more uh, favorable taste in my mouth. So I'd probably start with one of these, switch to a couple Guinnesses, and then, you know, by the end of the night, whatever. I'm sure the Green Miller Light will be the cheapest. <laughs> and at that point, it won't matter to me anyhow. So I'll switch over to that. And at that point in time, chances are somebody's buying rounds anyways. Exactly. And you're going to get a Green Miller Light handed to you. You're going to drink it anyways. I'll agree with you, Sam, about the aftertaste. Like, I have a lingering aftertaste, but I guess I just didn't find it as harsh as you did. I kind of like it. I tell you what would be something that would not go good with this beer. If we went to a bar, we got all got drafts of this beer, it would not be great to drop a shot of Bailey's in there and oh, do a great oh, oh. oh. car bomb. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I even, think we can all agree there that that would not be a good idea. Let's not even venture down that That's path. not funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's that's the Craig, folks. You have mixed reviews here from us, but uh, you know, overall, if you're out on St. Patrick's Day, you see this beer. It's a you know hoppy red IPA um, that's going to kind of be brewed in the in the Irish style and Irish red. Check it out. Uh, form your own opinion and 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 let us know what you think. We'll uh, we'll be back here. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with beer number two and some more beer fun for you.
Welcome back, craft beer lovers. We are here with you, and once again, happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. All right, what are we going to be trying next in this Irish-themed episode, Adam? Well, what we are going to be drinking uh, is actually something that is a bit similar to Guinness, uh, since that is that is the bar we're trying to... But it's not Guinness. It is not no. a Guinness. No, it is a dry Irish stout uh, from Breckenridge. Uh, it is actually part of their Nitro series, so this is actually in one of the uh, one of the fancy cans that they have. This was actually uh, brewed in collaboration with Boundary Brewing. They are actually out of Belfast, Northern Ireland. This this beer has a little bit of pedigree in it. Is that actually true? Can says so. Okay. So it's got. Then it must true. be true. Yeah, I've never had a can lie to me yet. Okay. With this, there are some instructions. With this, we've already taken care of step one. Uh, it says to chill at 42 degrees. I checked where it exactly 42 degrees ish. So we're gonna open it. We gotta wait five seconds. One one thousand. Wow, that was two really 1, weird in headphones. <laughs> Three one thousand. Four one thousand. Five one thousand. All right, now I can pour it. Now we're pouring. Oh my goodness, that's gonna be some interesting audio for the listeners. I'll I'm tell all right you that. with that. Here, you you take it. So while Steve's pouring the rest of the beer, just for the listeners out there that may not know, when you say that a beer is on nitro, what is that? What exactly does that mean? Well, instead of being carbonated with carbon dioxide, it's actually carbonated using nitrogen. Okay. And what's, what does that bring to the beer? That's well, a what bit that different? does is that brings a lot more of a, a creaminess to the beer. It's a lot more smooth. Don't quote me on this, but I believe the reason behind this is because the nitrogen bubbles are a lot smaller. So it, it creates a smoother finish to the beer rather than your normal carbon dioxide. Excellent. So for those of you that drink Guinness, normally that, whether it's out of a can or on draft, it's going to be a, a nitro beer or beer that's that's uh, carbonated with yes. nitrogen. The the classic, uh, classic Guinness is on nitrogen off of a tap. Well, let's take a look at this beer and see what uh, see what we're working with here. It's a Guinness. It's a, it's a very dark beer. It's a Guinness. <laughs> you can't see through this one. It's a Guinness. They might have cheated and just put Guinness. It's a Guinness. It does kind of look like that. It's a Guinness. Honestly, though, I'm actually getting a little bit more of a red hue. Oh. Around the outside. Yeah, I don't know if I'm seeing a red red hue. Put it put it up to the light. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of a reddish hue coming through this. I mean, when you think about how this, these dry Irish stouts are made, I mean, they're made with a generally dark malt, but it's not going to be as thick as if you would have a porter or something like that. So when you hold it up to the light, you can kind of see through the top a little bit. Yeah. And maybe the reflection of the bulbs in this, uh, in this lighting is, is creating kind of a red hue that you're seeing. Okay. I can buy that. Now, this has a very, very distinct Irish stout smell to it, it if, I'm, yeah. if I'm not mistaken here. This so, is, this smells really good. Okay, so it's 4.8, so you're talking about it's a little bit heavier than a you know Guinness, mm-hmm. but still, still pretty and easy pretty drinking. Yeah. Th- this would technically, by definition only, still be considered a session beer because those are generally between you know 4 and 5%. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice, rich, malty, almost... Chocolatey coffee, like yeah. I'm getting, a, to it. I'm getting a little of the chocolatey out of that. It smells really good. It absolutely it tastes really good too. Oh, you took took a little taste <laughs> already. Heady, I'm like four sips on. What are your What are your first thoughts now that you've had four sips? I like it. It's pretty good. Mm. Okay, so I'm getting like a little bit of the coffee and chocolate in the actual taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. I really am too. That's I'm, a, that's I'm, like a real quick up front 
flavor you get is just coffee and chocolate right off the bat. Right off the bat. That's interesting. And and what's interesting also is that, you know, we were saying when this was originally poured that, oh my gosh, this looks exactly like a Guinness, but you know, it does have its own taste too. Yeah, I would no, say it's that really this good. It does it's, not taste exactly like a Guinness. No, it does fantastic not. that it, it does doesn't. <laughs> I would have been mad if they just kind of <laughs> just copied the recipe. Yeah. Right. Nobody likes coffee cats. No. But th- this is really good. So a Breckenridge Dry Irish Stout. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. A lot of chocolate coffee notes to it. Um, it doesn't taste too heavy. No, no it's no. a nice light drinker for, for as dark as the beer is. Finishes dry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking on the can now for the IBUs, and I don't see any on here. But I would assume that they're probably right around the 25 to yeah. 30 range, similar to a Guinness, because you're not getting a lot of bitterness I'm not, I'm here. I'm not getting any kind of bitterness. You're getting a nice, smooth, dry finish on the back end. They probably just walked it past the hop bag. Yeah, exactly. You know, all beer, Adam, is brewed with hops. So That is true. <laughs> Even though it doesn't taste hoppy, you know it's brewed you with hops. You have to have hops. And you just it, don't have to have too many hops. And generally, in the brewing process, you're adding hops at several different times. That is correct. So what are the four major ingredients needed to brew beer? Hops. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Water. Yeah. Yeast. Yeah. And malt. There you go. Yeah. That's easy. <laughs> if you have those ingredients... You can brew your own beer. Or you can buy those ingredients. You don't have to have them on hand. (laughs) Or you can grow them in your backyard if you really want to. (laughs) Adam looks like he's going to hit me. (laughs) Hops grow on a vine and barley grows out of the ground. True, true, true. I just didn't have a good comeback. And water, you can just turn on your kitchen faucet and just get water out of there. (laughs) What we're getting at, though, is anybody can be a home brewer if they really put their money into it. yes. Uh, and that is something uh, we're going to talk about. How do you get into home brewing? Uh, all three of us have actually had plenty of experience uh, in the home brewing process. Myself, the way I got involved in it is, I'd say about three or four years ago, uh, my brother had actually received a home brew kit for Christmas. I looked at it like, that looks like a really fun thing to do. About two or three weeks later, I was sitting at home, bored out of my mind because it's 15 degrees outside. I'm tired of watching Friends and Seinfeld over and over again. I decided I'm going to start brewing my own beer. Looked up a quality kit, uh, found it on northernbrewer.com. They have a lot of good stuff there. Actually uh, got in contact with one of our friends, Bo. Uh, You guys have all met him. I know Mm -hmm. you have. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Talked to him, said, hey, you want to... You want to help out brewing some beer at your place? Because he has a garage at the time. I didn't have a garage. Called up Steve, said, hey, you want to come brew some beer? He had no idea what we were doing, but it involved beer, so he showed up. And we uh, we brewed our first batch. Nice. What did, you, what did you guys brew? What was your first uh, recipe that you came up with? That was actually a brown ale, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we did the brown first, and I believe we did an Irish next. And we started with kits. Yes. For yes. our first three or two. I believe it was the first three. The third one, I can't remember that what that was. Maybe a porter. No. All right. All right. That's well, why. That's why I kind of think we maybe only did two. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, because we did the brown. And- uh, what What I'm driving at here is, it is very very easy to get into home brewing. There are kits on the internet. I know there's a couple of uh, homebrew stores here in the Pittsburgh area that has everything that you need. It has all of the equipment. It has all the kits. And if you can make a a pot of soup, you can make beer. Uh, it's not something where you can make beer that's simply passable. You can make good beer that people are going to enjoy 
And chances are they're going to ask for more. Yeah, and the nice thing about buying the kits is that you can buy a homebrewer's kit, but then when you buy the recipe kits, they give you all the grains, all the malt, all the hops, all the yeast, everything you need in the right quantities to brew a great beer. And they give you the instructions on how to do that. So it's really pretty simple on how to do that. And it really teaches you kind of the science behind brewing the beer itself. I'd probably recommend buying a full-blown kit. They're not too expensive. Right, and a full-blown kit, that'll get you about five gallons worth of beer or approximately two cases worth of 12-ounce bottles. Yeah. A basic kit for all the equipment, that costs you around $100, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on what kind of sales or what kind of extra equipment you want to get. You Once you have your equipment, then you can go buy a recipe kit. If you want an IPA, you can make an IPA. If you want to make a wheat beer, if you want to make a stout, a porter, anything like that, they have all different sorts of kits. And it comes with all the ingredients. All you really need to do is get your water and your equipment and some fire, and you're ready to go. So what was the what's the best thing you guys have brewed to date so far? What What's your most unique creation, or what's the best beer you've come up with? Uh, our most unique and our best are completely different, because most unique wasn't any good. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was that one? Tell us about them. I think there was that ginger trash that I tried to make. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. not talk about that one. Yeah, I tried to make a ginger beer with using, oh, what the hell was it? Bad ideas? Well, yeah, no, but I was trying to flavor it with, like, lavender and, like, floral notes and stuff. Yeah, you kind of went overboard. Yeah, it turned into into crap, and it wasn't great. The best beer, though, uh, would be my Cocoa Underground Mexican Chocolate Stout. It's a good beer. Oh, boy. Number of different chocolate flavors in that, uh, brewed with ancho chilies and left in the uh, fermenter. Uh, For for me, uh, actually, one of the most recent recent ones that I brewed was a... It was actually a cream ale, which is a very simple beer. Um, but it Probably also- modeled after the Jenny cream ale, one of the <laughs> you know best beers on the market today. You, you laugh. <laughs> oh, I'm not laughing. Look at my face. It is straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but I, I made a cream ale, but it was also uh, combined with a cold brew coffee. So it is a cold, cold brew coffee cream ale, which is a bit of a mouthful. But the beer is also a, a pretty good mouthful. Did it, I, com- did it come out pale still? It, it is a, a nice... Clear beer, nice and light. The coffee did not really affect it that much. Okay. Uh, I was just, yeah, I was just wondering how you went about the coffee because I, I haven't had this one. I didn't help you on this it's, one. So. I, I'm actually pretty damn proud of this one. What about you, Sam? So I've brewed a couple interesting beers over the years, and one of my favorites to talk about is a beer that I'm particularly proud of, and it was a passion fruit IPA. And one of my inspirations for this beer was I was actually in Hawaii, and we mentioned Kona Brewing on an earlier episode, and I was at the Kona Brewing in Kona, Hawaii, and they had a beer that you could only get on the island of Hawaii called the Walua Wheat. And it was a wheat beer made with passion fruit. And that was a couple years ago. But up until that time, I hadn't seen too much in the States that was brewed with passion fruit. So when I came back from Hawaii, I talked to Chris and, you know, I I said to him, I'm like, you know what? We have to brew with passion fruit. It's a very up and coming fruit that you don't see too often in beers. I would love to have heard that conversation. Trying to convince him that passion fruit is an up-and-coming fruit. <laughs> well, I, I think I think in the, the state of Pennsylvania, especially in the city of Pittsburgh and in the world of craft beer, it, it kind of is. Because now I've actually seen a couple beers that have been brewed with passion fruit. I, I don't like to think of Kona Brewing as a pioneer. I like to think of myself as kind of a uh. pioneer in the homebrewing <laughs> world that, that started to brew with um, <laughs> brew with passion fruit. Because uh, as Steve mentioned in last episode, the Luau Crunkles from Terrapin. There's also the Passion Kicker from... Um, uh, Green, Green, Flash. Green Flash that's been brewing, and there's a couple other ones out there as well. So I think the one from Green Flash has been around for a while. 
I saw mine before the Green Flash, at least at least here in the, here yeah. in the uh, state of Pennsylvania. So if Green Flash happens to be listening to this podcast, you can you know email us at hopnationusa at gmail.com and you can thank me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there was that, and then there was another brew uh, I'll talk about real quick here, which is actually my absolute favorite beer that I've brewed, and hands down the best pepper beer that I've ever had. And I'm not just trying to toot my own horn here, but it was a Chipotle oatmeal stout. And my buddy Chris and I, we brewed an oatmeal stout and we used these dried Chipotle peppers. And we threw them in the fermentation when the beer was fermenting and we let them sit in there for a couple weeks. And through the fermentation process, the beer went absolutely crazy. And by the time we bottled it and drank it, it gave us a perfect pepper spice to this nice stout that we had. Now, unfortunately, we were young and dumb at the time, and we uh, we bottled all of our beer while the beer was actually still fermenting, oh, and no. long story yeah. short, oh, no. all of the bottles exploded on us, so I only got to have a couple of that, and the rest just blew up in my basement. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember having that one. I don't so. either. <laughs> yeah, unless you had it within the first couple days, you missed out because the rest of it just blew up. Uh, I think we've all run to a number of pitfalls. Yes, we have. What Sam was just explaining with pepper beers, that, that's something that's very common. You find when bottling uh, pepper beers, they need a little bit more time to sit in fermentation because we did a uh, a mango habanero oh, IPA. God, I remember that one. And none of our bottles completely exploded, but a whole lot of them, after a week or so of conditioning, they wound up popping like champagne when you opened them. Yeah, you uh, you definitely did not want to have those pointed towards your face. No. To the the home brewers that might be thinking about doing this out there, just word to, word to the wise: make sure before you bottle your beer that it is done fermenting, or you're going to get bottle bombs. So not only that, those of you that are home brewers, uh, we want to hear your horror stories. Drop us a line on our on our Twitter page. Uh, hit us up on Facebook or even send us an email. We'll give you the details at the end of the show. But we want to hear your horror stories. What was what went horribly horribly wrong? So, speaking of things that are not horribly, horribly wrong, let's, uh, let's, let's get talk about beer number two. To the dry Irish stout from Breckenridge Brewing. So, I'll, I'll start off. I like it. I want to keep drinking this. Uh, I'm so, a, I'm good. I'm a big fan of this right now. And this surprises me in two ways. How so? One, I'm going to say I might actually pick this up over a Guinness. Oh, I definitely would. Two, I'm not a big fan of Breckenridge beers usually. Like, so they surprised you. Yeah, they really surprised me on this one. I find a lot of their beers kind of mm-hmm, so-so. Like, I don't I don't dislike any of the stuff they have, but I find most of their stuff kind of so-so and lacking. I, th- I believe they also have a nitro vanilla porter out. I believe that is correct, yes. I don't care for that one that much. But this one frosts your cookies? Yeah, absolutely. This is this is a big surprise for me. I, I would agree. I would agree. And, and to your point, I'm not generally a huge fan of Breckenridge either. But remember, this is a collaboration brew that's brewed with uh, Boundary Brewing out of Belfast, Ireland. So they must be doing something right. (laughs) Brought the game up. The the combination of the two probably really helped this stout. But overall, this this is a good stout. Uh, It's very drinkable. You know, it has enough additional flavor to it that it differentiates itself from a Guinness. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would probably, if I'm sitting in a bar and someone says to me, hey, do you want this Breckenridge Dry Irish Stout or do you want a Guinness? I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take the Breckenridge Dry Irish Stout. This is, this is good. It seems it's, pretty unanimous here then. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think maybe it's because, one, we all kind of know Guinness and you can get Guinness just about anywhere. Maybe. 
One, it seems totally seasonal. It says so right on the can. Well, yes, it says nitrogen oh. charged I'm not seasonal. Looking, I'm not yeah. looking at the damn can. Once again, <laughs> the can don't lie. If it's only seasonal, then you're only going to be able to get it around this time. Yeah. Whereas Guinness, you can get anytime. Anywhere. Right, anytime. exactly. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be taking this over a Guinness then. Yep. Absolutely. So it's unanimous. So it's unanimous. We like this beer. All right. And it's a very good dry Irish stout. All Excellent. Right. Well, uh, I think that's that's a good uh, wrap-up point. Uh, yep. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we have one more Irish beer for you, and we're going to play a little game. So stay tuned and get ready to drink a little local, Pittsburgh. back everyone we are here for one more segment and then we'll cut you loose and you can head out to wherever your local watering hole is and enjoy some beers here for st patrick's day enjoy some guinness enjoy some breckenridge dry or stout enjoy some <laughs> the crank the crank <laughs> enjoy the cranks i already forgot about See, that maybe one. don't enjoy maybe don't enjoy the crank yeah, enjoy it. I, I guess i didn't enjoy it that much if i can't <laughs> remember didn't what the hell it was it didn't make that much don't of an impression craig and possibly enjoy the last beer that we are going to try today here. And I'm going to introduce this one for you. And this what is, uh, is this? We are looking at a giant silver can right now. And it is a beer from Mindful Brewing Company in the South Hills. So they're one of our new local breweries here in Pittsburgh. And one of my favorite spots to go and enjoy a couple beers. They have a great selection of beers on draft and also uh, in the cooler. This is one of the beers that they brew themselves and it is called the Straight Out of Dublin. It is their Irish Stout. I have not had this. Have either of you guys had this beer I, yet? I absolutely not. Never even heard of it until tonight. So this is going to be great. And if, if you don't know what a crowler is, a crowler is a gigantic 32 ounce can that many local breweries now are offering as an alternative to the growler. They fill up these cans with their beer and then they put the lid on and they use this special piece of equipment to seal the lid on and seal the can so that you can come home, you put it in your fridge and you can just enjoy it uh, whenever you want. So we have a nice crowler here, a 32 ounce uh, straight out of Dublin from Mindful Brewing. And we're going to give this a shot here now. So I don't have uh, a ton of information on this beer, but what, what I do have is what was on the menu when I picked it up from Mindful. So I want to make sure that we share that with you. So this is going to be, I don't want to say similar to a Guinness, but it is going to be a dry Irish stout. Um, so this is going to be a, a dry Irish stout, like I said, and it's going to have kind of more of a robust flavor to it. It's going to be made with darker malts and it should have that dry finish that, that we experienced in the last beer. So uh, it comes in at about a four and a half percent alcohol. So just a little bit higher than a Guinness and about 30 IBUs. So right around that same uh, bitterness level uh, as you would find in the Guinness or even the Breckenridge Dry Irish Stout that we tried. While Steve and Adam are, are giving this a little pour here, now that you guys have a little sample of this beer, what does it look like? 
Well, the first thing I have to say is this is the first time I've ever tried to pour a crowler into a glass. It looks like a nice stout, nice and dark. Uh, the head on mine, um, now granted I was the first pour, so I was uh, I was a little willy-nilly with the pour. Got a nice thick head that's sticking around uh, pretty decently, a nice dark cream-colored head. I would say of all the beers here, this is probably the darkest one. Yeah, uh, I'm getting a little, cl- little more clarity, I think, holding it up to the light. You love holding things up to the light. Don't I you? do. I want to see what's going on in well, there. Well, I will. I will agree with you on that one. Then I hold it up to the light as well. It's a little lighter. Yeah, it's a little lighter. Yeah, it is not the abyss that the uh, the Breckenridge was. No. See, I'm not getting that. I'm I'm thinking this one is the darkest, but I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that. I think it's because of your glass. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe that. Maybe actually, I actually it. do think it is because of your glass because you have a nice tulip. Uh, we have uh, taster glasses. Yeah. So, n- needless to say, let's uh, let's take a sip and see how this actually compares. Huh? Well, that's a completely different flavor from from Breckenridge. Yeah, it really is. You aren't get, you're you're not getting those chocolate and coffee notes that you got out of the the Breckenridge stout. At least yeah. I'm not. And one thing I've noticed is the mouthfeel between the nitro and and the regularly carbonated beer. There's a big difference. Yeah, it's a lot thinner. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's definitely not as creamy. It's you can kind of taste the carbonation a little bit more. But that's to be expected between a nitro and something on just normal carbonation. I'm wondering, though, I'm not going to drink too much more up front now, and I'm going to save it more for the back end because I'm wondering if this is a little too cold. Maybe. If we're serving a little too cold, and that's why we're not getting uh, a whole lot of big flavor up front. Perhaps. I mean, I'm getting different flavor, but I can't. Mm. Well, fortunately, with this giant motor oil can, uh, there's plenty to go around. So you could probably drink that and then... Refill, yeah, and you should be a okay. Yeah, I'm getting like multi flavor and uh, almost a little bitterness on the back end. Yeah, I, I I could agree with that as well. So I'm curious to see, uh, like many darker stouts and porters, once you let them warm up a little bit, sometimes some of those flavors tend to seep out a little bit more. The flavor yeah. explodes more and more. Yeah, exactly. So I'll be curious to see how the flavor might change in this one as we continue to drink it throughout the segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let this one aerate. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see what happens. Let it do its thing. <laughs> well, at this time, I would like to introduce Sam's wife, Janie Tellerico. Say hello. Hello. Hi, uh, Janie. Hi. Tonight, Janie is going to serve as a game show host for us. What I want to do is play the Eye of the Storm. What is that? The Eye of the Storm is a beer quiz. My kind of quiz. And tonight, we're doing one that's beer and Irish and St. Paddy's Day theme. All right. Here are the rules of the quiz. The first to answer five questions correctly will be considered the winner. What do we win? Now, the winner is going to gain immunity, Ooh. and they will, be the nec- they will be the next host. Okay. For the next quiz. Excellent. However, the loser is going to get punished. Uh, how? How so? How are we getting punished? Well, that's why we're calling it the Eye of the Storm. Because the loser is going to be chugging a can of Hurricane. Ooh. Now, Hurricane is not good beer, if I remember correctly. Hurricane's not good malt liquor. Oh, <laughs> it's not good anything. It's not now, good I thought anything. this was a craft beer podcast. What are we introducing malt liquor on here for? That's why it's the punishment. It's the punishment. Uh, <laughs> this is not looking good for one of us. No, it isn't. But it could actually be bad for two of us. How do you figure? Well, the other rules are, if you get five incorrect answers, you're automatically fouled out. Like a basketball game. Ooh, are we playing horse? And if you foul out, you're chugging a hurricane. And two of us could easily foul out 
before one of us gets five correct. So there, there is a possibility somebody could actually just say nothing and automatically win. You got to play the game. <laughs> I like where this is going. You got to play to win, Adam. You got to play <laughs> to win. It's just like the Pennsylvania lottery. Thanks, Gus. If you're not buying those scratch-offs, you're not going to win anything. <laughs> so now if we do claim a winner through the five correct answers, mm-hmm. we'll automatically move on to a sudden death question between the two remaining hosts. It'll be a wager question, and we'll figure out who is the definite loser of that. All right. And we'll crown a new champion of Eye of the Storm. Let's make it happen. With that, I want you guys to test your buzzers. So, Adam, go ahead and give me a buzz. All right, sounds good. I'm going to give a buzz right now. And Sam, go ahead and buzz in. Okay. And now let's turn it over to our host, Janie Tallarico. Okay, question number one. Where do Irish red ales get their signature reddish color from? Sam. The malt. Incorrect. Ooh. Do we have any other guesses from the host? Steve. The barley? Yes. Oh, no. Irish red ales traditionally get their color from roasted barley. So that's one point for Steve. And one foul against Sam. Oh, and nothing for me. For now. The slow and steady portfolio wins again. I'm playing to win here, Adam. I'm playing to win. Just because he's my husband, he doesn't get any special privileges. (laughs) Clearly not. I just missed the first question right off the bat. (laughs) All right, moving on to question number two. How many pints of Guinness are consumed on St. Patrick's Day worldwide. A, 5 million. Wow, Steve. 13 million. Correct. What the hell? Hey, somebody fucking studies <laughs> when they know they have a quiz. Man, man, I explained my GPA when I graduated. It's interesting that there's 13 million exactly consumed. Did they cut them off? be close, yeah, like a little over, a little less. I mean, but they're probably, million to one. Sorry, Buster, you're done. Try yeah, again next 13 year. 13 million pints of Guinness, and then you got to switch over to the Breckenridge Dry Irish Stout. <laughs> That's right, those Irish are running a tight ship. You can have the Craig, Craig if you want. All right, question number three. Which Irish city is home to Smittix? Sam. Kilkenny. That is correct. All right. Sam's in the game. What Some, you doing, Adam? Nothing. Adam is <laughs> nothing just, at all. just sitting there twiddling his thumbs nothing and praying to God I'm, that I'm I missed weak. five questions. I'm going to let Sam bury himself. <laughs> no, I just got one right. So Wait. I have one and Steve has two. That's yeah. true. And you yeah. have nothing. And you have minus one as And you have a foul as well. Uh, hey, one foul is okay. I'm not, yeah. not worried about it. Question number four. When Arthur Guinness founded his brewery in 1759, how long of a lease did he sign the contract for? A, nine years. B, 90 years. Adam. 9,000 years. That is correct. Who's on the board now? All of us. Yes, we all have at least one point. (laughs) Question number five. This is a true or false question. The Smittics brew served in Ireland is stronger in alcohol content than the beer served in the U.S. True or false? The answer is false, Alex. That is correct. It is actually the (laughs) other way around. It is stronger in the U.S. than it is in Ireland. All right. I did not know that. Learn something new on the podcast. That's right. So Sam is at two, Steve is at two, Adam is at one. Question number six. This is actually about whiskey. We all know Jameson is Irish whiskey. The number one whiskey in the world is Jack Daniels. 
selling $219 million in revenue annually. Jameson is the second best-selling, third best-selling, fourth best-selling, or fifth best-selling whiskey in the world. Steve. Third. Incorrect. Oh. Damn. <laughs> I'm going to ring in on that, folks. And the answer is, of course, of course the fourth best-selling. Also incorrect. suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess I'll ring in, and uh, I'll go with the fifth. Adam, you are correct. Yeah. yeah. See, I figured Jim Beam sell, sold better. Well, it, it probably, does. probably yeah. does. Well, yeah. Does. Well, that's why I went third. So I figured Jim Beam is least second. So, so you I wonder what the third down. and the fourth are. Probably some wiggle whiskeys from Pittsburgh, right? I would hope so. I think they're about fourth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might be a close sixth, but actually it goes Jack Daniels, then Crown Royal, uh, then huh. Fireball. Oh, really? of course. Well, we're over oh, 25, see. so. Yeah, we then really like to forget Beam. that. Then Jim Beam, and then fifth, Jameson. Hmm. Fireball isn't whiskey. <laughs> it's, it's cinnamon whiskey. Come on, you've had it. It's an offense to God. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, so we're 2-2-2 two, two, and two Everybody's here. Tied Everybody's up here. tied up. Mm-hmm. Next question, please. It's anyone's game. Question number seven, true or false? Originally created in 1954 in the Guinness Pub to help settle pub disputes, the Guinness Book of World Records was created to be a marketing giveaway from the pub, but its success led to an annual edition. Adam. True. True, correct. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. But you didn't. (laughs) Question number eight. Which U.S. city dies their river? Steve. Chicago. Yes. <laughs> and to finish that question, it was for St. Patrick's Day, of course. Yeah. They die the Chicago River. So now Steve and Adam are both tied for first place with three points, and Sam is close behind with two. Oh, bronze medal yeah, Sam. Yeah, see, I'm coming up. Coming up. Question number nine. What is the meaning behind... Green shamrocks as being a logo for St. Patrick's Day. Not even a multiple <laughs> choice on that. Know. All right, I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with religion. Adam. Does it have to do with the uh, the cross, the sign of the cross? No, ah, not quite. Oh. Negative one for Adam. Steve, you want to guess? I do. Uh, <laughs> each leaf represents Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That is correct. Nicely Mm. done. Suck it, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) So that gives So Steve Steve is on the board with one point. No, no. No, no. 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 I'm one away from winning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I thought you only had one. No, no, no. I have one to go. Oh, okay. Nice try, Sam. (laughs) Hey, I mean, somebody's got (laughs) to try. All right. This is the last question. Question number 10. True or false? Guinness is good for your health. I read that today. And what is it good for? It is for your digestion. It actually is good for lots of aspects of your health. (laughs) According to a study from the University of Wisconsin, Guinness can actually help reduce blood clots and reduce your risk of heart attacks. It Hmm. contains immunity-boosting antioxidants, just like dark chocolate and red wine does. I did not know that. Well, Guinness, it's for your health. Drink to that. I wonder why they never used that as a tagline. Guinness, it's for your health. They don't have to. It's good beer. Because they didn't know who Dr. Steve Rule was. (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) 
All right, the final the final tallies are in. And we have Steve in the lead with four points. <laughs> Immunity, I'm not drinking Hurricane. This week. Suck it, nerds. This week. Whatever. Figure out which one to use the loser. All right, second place, we have Sam and Adam each tied with three points. Yay! So we will move into a sudden death question where you will each wager your points. Let's make it happen. All right. This is for all the marbles. I'm wagering all my points. <laughs> You're wagering all three? Absolutely. Adam? I, I don't have a choice. I'm all going three? all in. Chips in the center of the table. All right. The question is, what percentage of Guinness sales comes from the continent of Africa? Damn. So we have worldwide Guinness sales coming from the continent Africa. of Africa. Very interesting. Whoever guesses closest will come in second place. Interestingly, I think I know the answer to this. You want to well, you me? can't play. I know. You I'm already playing. won. So <laughs> I'm just glad. Me and Adam get a guess, yeah. and you get to just sit there. I will. You know, <laughs> and and revel, enjoy your victory. Revel in my victory. I'm going to go with 26%. Adam says 26%. Interesting. That is interesting. And I am going to go with a mere 13%. Also interesting. And the winner is Adam. Yeah, buddy. Guinness actually sells 40% of its beer to Africa. Wow. 40%. Man, those Africans love their Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> we well, got we got to start getting them some other beer. I tell you, let's ship over a couple uh, mindful brewing crowlers to uh, South Africa and let them enjoy some of this stuff too. Forty percent, man. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense because if if the English and the Irish all came over to try to colonize Africa, you know, a lot of their traditions stayed there, which would include the Guinness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently yeah, that makes they- sense. Apparently, they have a couple of breweries located in Africa. Huh. So. Very cool. Well, good for them. And good for me. Good for you. And good for me. Bad for Sam. Bad yeah. for Sam. I would say the Asians and the Australians <laughs> ruined this for me by not drinking enough Guinness. So I'm going to go pout and probably chug a hurricane at some oh, point. There's no probably about it. Yeah, no, you'll be chugging a hurricane. But right now, let's thank Janie for being such a wonderful host and hosting the very first quiz. Thank you. Anytime, guys. All right. Now, before Sam has to uh, chug this hurricane here, let's let's circle back to a beer that's actually not malt liquor and not a pile of shit. And that is the Straight Out of Dublin from Mindful Brewing Company. So now that we've had a chance to let this warm up, we drank a little while we were taking our quiz here and... While I was losing, but we're all winners when we're drinking this beer. So let's get our final thoughts on this. What do you guys think? I'm going to have a little bit more while you guys talk. Well, okay. considering the size of the can, I think you can have a little bit more than a Well, little it's bit. what the champion deserves. So, oh, Wow. The champion gets the good beer and not a hurricane. Imagine that. I'll give, my, I'll give my final review of this beer. This is a beer to me that now that it's warmed up, I'm getting a little bit more flavor to it. And overall, I really like it. It is a drinkable beer. It's not something that's going to fill me up too quick. Um, it's something that, even though it's darker in color, it's it's lighter uh, bodied in the overall drinking experience. 
And it's something that I could see myself sipping on all day at a, a mere, what did I say, 4.5%. Yeah. Um, it's something that's not going to get you drunk too fast. It's going to be something that you could sit at a bar if you get there on St. Patrick's Day after this podcast at, you know, 6 o'clock. You could probably end up drinking this beer till you know, midnight, 1 in the morning. It should be uh, – it's a, it's a very easy drinker. It's It's – a good solid beer to me. To me, this is a this is a sipper. Just sit down at the bar, like Sam was saying, after a hard day of listening to the podcast, and you can sit down, have a big old glass of this, and you can just sort of let your worries melt away with this. It's a good. It's it is definitely a drier stout, and and I'd be very curious to see what this would be like on nitro. I don't know if that's available or available or not. As it sits right now, it is still a very, very good beer. It definitely is on the level with a good Guinness. So if the folks from Mindful are listening, toss this bad boy on Nitro and we'll uh, we'll come down and give it a shot. Yes, we room. will. Yeah, I'm definitely more interested in uh, what it would be like on Nitro. Uh, I'm honestly finding it a little bit too thin. You think so? Yeah, a little bit too thin and maybe the flavor just really isn't there for me up front. I'm getting a lot of flavor on the back end and everything, but uh, I think I would still take a Guinness over this one. I'm sorry. Hmm. Uh, I find I find it to be too thin, and because of it not being on nitro, maybe you know, with that creaminess about it, maybe that brings out some more flavors, <laughs> brings out better mouthfeel for it. Yeah, yeah, that might do something more for me. So, Sam, if you had this sitting there and you had a Guinness sitting there, which one would you go for? Personally, I would go for the straight out of Dublin. I think it's a little bit easier of a drinker for me than Guinness. It's something that I could sip on. Uh, you know, with, with a beer being on nitrogen, like I said, it's not it's not necessarily going to be a heavier beer, but that creamier feeling might kind of give that perception to me. So I'm going to stick with this. Uh, this is a beer that I could drink a, a couple of, no problem, and something that I can enjoy throughout the evening. All right. Cool. Let's do metal count. Let's do see where we're standing Let's with put all them on these the podium. Yep. So Sam, uh, what's your what's your gold? What's your silver? What's your bronze? Gold for me is going to be the Breckenridge. I uh, really enjoyed that beer. I thought that was a great Irish stout. It, one of the things that stood out for me was those chocolate and car uh, excuse me chocolate and coffee notes uh, that I was able to taste in every sip. Thought it was a really good easy drinker. Uh, like that it was a little bit lower in ABV, so I could have a couple of them and, and not feel it too fast. Uh, silver for me definitely goes to the Straight Out of Dublin from Mindful Brewing. Very, very nice beer. Uh, taste, tasted light, also low in ABV, something that I could drink a number of. I thought it was a very solid beer. That puts the bronze for me with the Irish Red IPA, the Craig from Harpoon. Not that that was a bad beer by any means, but when I think about St. Paddy's Day and what I really want to be drinking, it's it's going to be an Irish stout. I want that dry Irish stout. I want to taste those malts. I don't really want a hoppy red IPA flavor. So not that the Craig was bad, but I'm going to put that in the bronze position. Steve, what about you? I'm definitely going to put that uh, dry Irish stout from Breckenridge in the gold position, and that's very surprising to me because, like we've said before, Breckenridge doesn't impress us all the time, but that is such a good flavorful beer and such a difference between what it and a Guinness are. Like you said, there's chocolate and coffee flavors. Are, they're right up front, right in your mouth, and it's a great drinking beer. Uh, silver, I'm going to diverge from Sam and say I'm going to put the Craig there. I found the uh, I found the hops in mixed in with the red Irish ale. Gives it a completely different flavor than what you normally find. I find that to be really interesting and something to just break away from the pack with. 
yeah, I'm going to drink a lot of Guinness on St. Pat's, but that would be a completely good way to break from the pack. And so at Bronze Up, that means I'm going to put the Mindful. You know, I found it to be a pretty good, solid drinking stout. And I, you know, I like what it's doing, but at the same time, I feel like it's a little thin because it's not on nitro and maybe not all the flavor is there for me. Adam, what do you got? Well, for me, I got, I got to agree with you guys. I got to go with the Breckenridge uh, at the top of the podium. I thought it was, it was simply the best one. It was, it was very creamy. It was very flavorful. It was a very easy drinker. And not only that, it had a, a lower ABV, so you could definitely drink more than one. And, and still keep your faculties about you. Second place, which wasn't far behind, was was definitely the Mindful, uh, the straight out of Dublin. I'm very, very curious to see what that would be like on Nitro. I think that would definitely help this beer out a lot. It's, it's not a bad beer. It's a good drinker. I would definitely enjoy it. Uh, third place, and that definitely goes to the Craig. Uh, again, I am a little bit biased. I am, I am not exactly a, a hoppy person. I do not enjoy IPAs. I do appreciate what Steve was saying in terms of this is something that is a change of pace. And it definitely would be. Uh, if I were to do that, it there certainly would not be in the style of St. Patty's Day. But if I were to do something like that, I would go for a, a sour or goza rather than an IPA. But I understand what you're going for with that. And that is a very valid point. It is definitely the best looking of the three. Yeah, I, I definitely very pretty thought, beer. Yes, it is a very picturesque beer. Uh, I really like the look of it. It was just... it. To me, it's an Irish red. It shouldn't be that hoppy. I understand you're trying to fuse flavors and styles like that. Uh, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Nobody expected you to pick the hoppy one. Well, the nice thing about it is we have these beers, and these are some different beers that you can go out and you can try on St. Patrick's Day. If you're looking for something outside of a Guinness or a Sminix or a Harp, those traditional Irish lagers, not that there's anything bad with those, those lagers, those stouts, you know, try something a little bit different this year. Give it, give it a shot and see what you think. And one thing is definitely for certain, even including that red IPA, uh, they're all better than a green Miller Lite. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. If a beer is green, you might want to stray away. <laughs> All right, well, um, that's going to be wrapping it up for episode four. I just want to remind everybody, you can uh, find us on Facebook at Hop Nation USA. You can find us on SoundCloud at Hop Nation USA. View us, rate us on iTunes, or you can email us at hopnationusa at gmail.com. Well, the one thing, uh, just a friendly reminder, uh, all of you homebrewers out there, we want to hear your horror stories. We want to see what your travesties were, the recipes that you thought were going to be great turned out to be absolute garbage. Anything that went wrong, we want to hear your stories. I want yeah, to I want to see ruined basements and such. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if there was something that went particularly well, you can share yes. that with us yes. as well. We're happy to uh, see the creativity of the other homebrewers out there, and we, we want to learn from you guys as well. So with that, before we go, now that we've gotten all the important things out of the way, I think it's time for my punishment. And, yeah. you know, in the last couple minutes, I've kind of embraced it and, you know, understand that now, you know, maybe next time I need to study up a little bit more. I was always a pretty good student in school, but I will admit that I didn't really study for this quiz. So I, I didn't know we were supposed to study for it. Why wouldn't you study Why would for I? It? Obviously, it didn't work out too well for me this time, so... You know, you can check out a picture of me uh, chugging this on Facebook. And remember, this is a hurricane malt liquor, so it's going to be awful. It's going to be disgusting, but I'm going to do it because I'm a man and I'm going to take my punishment as I should. 
And with that, that's the end of episode four. Happy drinking. We now leave you with the sounds of Sam chugging a hurricane. Dun, dun, dun. And I will say this smells like the sour bikini. So up, up and away, Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. That is so bad. (laughs) That is so disgusting. (sighs) Ugh. <sighs>